A very good evening, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of Wednesday Night with Nides. My name is Nigel Yolden. I hope you are well. Trying a different microphone setup. Please make sure that's working well. Let me know if for any reason you're not hearing things. Uh, I can make a quick adjustment, come back. Uh, but hopefully the setup is going to work really, really well. It's a bit more comfortable. Uh, also, truth of the matter is, is I can't find where my other microphone is. Let's be honest about it. Welcome in to Wednesday Night with Nice. This is where uh, sport, talk and coffee collide. Hope you're having a good one. Um, been a good good, good Easter weekend. I hope you had a good Easter weekend. Mine was uh, a little bit of landscaping. Well, landscaping, sort of throwing rocks around and putting weed matting down. And my wife was out there sort of replanting grass. And I was doing some weed matting and then putting some rocks in place and put some more rocks in there. So, um, yeah, good fun. Yeah, they're just kind of a, a long weekend where you have those sort of things, go out, see a bit of family. Uh, good fun. Nice fun. And good good Easter eggs and good hot cross buns. They go well too. Uh, plenty of questions. Three three pages worth of questions today. Thank you very much. If you uh, don't have a question that you submitted when I put the post up earlier, lob it into the comment section right now. I see Geo, James and Ross are already there. Good to see that you got a brew, Ross. Rate that highly, old son. Rate that highly. Right, let's get stuck straight into this. And, and a reminder too, if you are listening to the podcast, I put a post up on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Nigel Yolden Sports. On a Monday, flick your question through. Even if you're not watching live as you're doing right now, we've got the podcast going, so you will hear your question answered on the podcast form, which goes up at the conclusion of this broadcast. If you are watching live and you didn't get a question in, lob it in the comments uh, or maybe have some feedback to any of the comments that I make on this particular broadcast. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a back and forth before we shut it down for the night, whenever that, however long that takes. Uh, let's get straight into it because we've got a great range. We've got uh, some cricket, some league, rugby, NFL. There's a bit of golf thrown in there for good measure. Some MLB, a bit of Major League Baseball, uh, motorsport as well. So nice wide range. So thank you, everybody, who sent the questions through. Let's get stuck into it. My man, Dean is going to kick us off. What's your opinion on players missing the first cricket test in England versus playing in the IPL? For Dean, country should come first. Dean, as I understand it, unless they have made a change to the collective bargaining agreement between the New Zealand Cricket Players Association and New Zealand Cricket, that is written in there. So it's not a choice of uh, choosing country or IPL to a certain degree. They created that window for players to be able to go. Why? Because playing for the IPL is substantially more lucrative than playing for New Zealand. New Zealand cricket understood that when the IPL started out, so they created that window. The New Zealand Cricket Players Association understood that as well, so collectively it's part of the bargaining agreement. I don't have an issue. Personal choice. I'll be honest, when you do get paid what New Zealand cricketers do and you have an opportunity to earn substantially more in a very short period of time, I can't blame them. So I don't have an issue with that to me um, because it is part of that CBA as I understand it. Assuming that's still part of it, to my knowledge, it has not been changed. Second question, what do the White Ferns need to do to be competitive at next year's World Cup in New Zealand? I have no idea on this one, Dean writes. It's a tough one. Believe they'll be top four, but having lost to England and Australia this year, that doesn't put them in the final unless those teams meet in the semi-final. I haven't studied the draw well enough to see what the permutations are. Look, um, I've been asked this. I, I still think that New Zealand has got a, a good team. Obviously, they are missing some players. Susie Bates has been huge. Um, her absence, I think, is noticeable. We've seen Sophie Devine step away, although I thought Lauren Downs came in, scored a nice 90, I think it was. Um, it's, a, it's a really interesting one for me. I still think that all the talent is there. We've just got to all come back. And yet we need them all to fire. Um, and this is something that we're going to be discussing on the Nigel Yolden podcast, which I hope to have up tomorrow morning, maybe tomorrow afternoon. Guy Havelt from One Sports joined me. Guy loves his cricket, loves his golf. Mainly got him on to talk about the Masters, but he also talked a little bit of cricket as well. And I put this very same question, Dean, to him. He's. I'm not going to give away his opinion, um, but I think it's very much worth listening to what he thinks. For me, I think the talent is there. They are all going to have to play absolutely at the top of their game, every single person, not just the rock stars like Kerr and Devine and Bates and Sathiswade and Tahu. Everyone has got to deliver. 
to the best of their ability, bar none. So that's the, that's the way for me. But I think if we can get everyone fit on the page, uh, fit on the field, and on the same page as well, they're going to be trouble. I, I don't think that uh, Aussie or England, who are prohibitively the two best teams, Dean, I don't think they'll want a chunk of New Zealand in a knockout game. I really don't. I think they'd rather try and avoid that until the absolute decider. So I think they'd want to avoid them come a semi-final. Um, but but I still just think they've got to get everybody out. But I'd encourage you to have a listen to Guy's thoughts on this because obviously a lot closer to it than what I am. Got some really good views on this too. So listen out for that on the Nigel Yolden podcast, which will be coming out in the next day or so. Thank you very much, Dean. Hope all is well with you, my friend. Uh, from Craig, your thoughts on the 18th man rule the NRL are bringing in this weekend and how would you stop teams from rorting it? Well, this is a fascinating one for me, Craig, because they're all, it's all about, obviously, the, the head injury assessments, even though I had to I had to have a laugh when I was watching the Bulldogs play and saw Lachlan Lewis just get absolutely cleaned up and he stayed on. I, I, just, I was stunned at that. The commentators were stunned and rightfully so. But they're in a rock and a hard place because if a trainer is coming off saying a guy like Lachlan Lewis is fine, he can carry on, and if someone comes out and says, well, this guy is, I need a head injury assessment, and he can't, there's going to be a real interesting sort of clash for me between the medical officials and the NRL. Now, the medical officials, as I understand it, got to have duty of care. Okay, so they've got to do what is best by the people that they are treating, the trainers and that sort of a thing. Um, so how do you stop it rorting it? Well, I suppose you sit there and go, well, actually, what are you saying? No, I don't think this person is concussed. I don't think this person needs a head injury assessment. Um, I, I think it's really tough. I, I don't like the two. I don't like the three-man rule. I, I think the two, and I know Nathan Brown thinks the same way, Warriors coach. Um, it's an emerging player that you bring on. What do you, what do you class as an emerging player as the 18th man? It's, it seems a bit rushed. It seems a bit higgledy. The simple fact is, is they've got to sort out just the basics. As I say, take, go back to that Lachlan Lewis thing, and I could not believe he was left on. He looked absolutely in Disneyland. He, he wasn't there. So I think it. you've got to get some basics in place first before you can start implementing this. Three players suffering from or requiring head injury assessments um, is a lot. I think reading an article before, I think it's only happened once or twice um, previously. Likelihood of that happening, who knows? We hope it doesn't. Um, it just seems, it doesn't seem fully thought through to me. Um, as I say, there's just a few too many grey areas, Craig, for mine. But how do you stop teams from rorting it? You know, you're going to be sitting there, one doctor saying, well, no, they're fine. Another saying, no, they're not. You've got a clash of medical opinions. Well, that's fraught with danger anywhere. So I think you've just got to hope that there is a, that there is a good degree of um, communication and honesty going on. And I, and I hope that this is the only mention of rorting that system that we, we talk about. I, I really do. Because you just don't muck around with the head. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, this is from Ross. Would you think the Aussie format of two versus three, then the winner taking on number one, is better for the comp? Ross, I'm assuming you're meaning Super Rugby here. Um, I don't mind that, uh, but I just th- yeah, it's a five it's a five team comp. Um, number one earns home. Number two plays. I don't think you need to get more convoluted than that. I really don't. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see the merits, playoff games, that sort of thing, giving players experience in playoff games and semi-finals. But yeah, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know, mate. I, I really don't know. I, I just think you just need one v two, win get winner gets the host. That's just me. That's a personal thing. Um, I can understand the attraction though of having a two v three. But yeah, nah, just not for me, mate personally, but can understand the appeal. Nathan, your thoughts now that the Jets have moved on from Sam Darnold? Right, okay. Hang on, let's just... Let's get myself... Let's get myself centred. Right, okay. 
So, I have settled down. When the news came through, and I do have to say thank you to the Oregon Bureau Chief, uh, Matt, for alerting me to the Sam Darnold trade, because I was a bit busy at the time with uh, other things. Um, it, it's done. The, the, the tearing down of the New York Jets by GM Joe Douglas is now complete. Uh, got rid of our defensive leader, Jamal Adams, for a bunch of picks and a, a player who I don't even think is on the squad anymore. Got rid of Sam Darnold, a player who we moved up to get. Granted, it wasn't Douglas's pick. But moved up to get, never really got a chance, never worked behind an O-line. When he did finally get some kind of chemistry with his uh, wide receivers, in particular Robbie Anderson, they didn't pay Robbie Anderson. They traded him away, ironically, to the Carolina Panthers. So those two will be uh, joined up. Todd Bowles was a defence-orientated coach. Adam Gaze is supposedly the quarterback whisperer who is just not a head coach in the NFL. He might be a good quarterback's coach. He may be an OK offensive coordinator, but he ain't a head coach's backside. So my thoughts now, I, I'm in a way I'm glad for Sam because you know I think he is a talented player. I've seen enough positives to think that if he goes into that particular situation with Carolina, depending what Carolina do at number eight in the pick, with their pick in the draft, he could have Christian McCaffrey. If McCaffrey is fully fit, McCaffrey is a beast, running back, all-purpose yards, being able to catch, moving out of the backfield, he's great. As I said, they've got Robbie Anderson, who's a wide receiver, who's already got that connection with. At number eight, you know, they've got the choice. There's four really good pass-catching options in the form of three wide receivers and Kyle Pitts, who's a tight end, but really is sort of like that Gronkowski-type tight end, the big receiving tight end. So if they go with one of those guys, he's going to get a stud receiver to work with. Interesting, uh, watching some articles on ESPN, Mike Tenenbaum, funny enough, who used to be with the Jets as well, he did a mock draft, and he still thinks that the Panthers should take Justin Fields at eight, given the way everything seems to be shaking out. But I'm happy for Sam. I want to see him succeed. I really do, even though it would be with Peards, Mark Peards, Carolina Panthers. Um, I think it's a good system for him. I think Matt Rule is a good coach, and already you saw some great signs with the Panthers system last year. I think he will go very well. In terms of the Jet, Joe Douglas, here you go, man. It's all there for you. Okay, you've got your coach. You're picking your quarterback. You're clearly taking this kid, Wilson, out of BYU, who has had one decent season, and that's it. And I don't like one-hit wonders, one-season wonders coming out of the NF, uh, out of NCAA into the uh, NFL, especially considering it was a soft, soft schedule BYU had, all these numbers he racked up. I hope you know what you're doing. I hope you know what you're doing, man, because this is your career right here, Joe Douglas. This is your career. You've got these draft picks. You've got to use the draft picks wisely. Do what you do. Um, yeah. So, Sam Darnold, good luck. Thank you for everything you tried to do for us in Gotham. You will always have a fan here, even if you are playing for the Carolina Panthers. Um, I am gangrene. I bleed green and white when it comes to the NFL. I hope Joe Douglas knows what he's doing. Uh... Uh, just you just despair because we're rebuilding again with another quarterback. You know, it's tough. It's tough. So good luck. Let's let's try and make this one work. That's all I can say. Cheers, Nathan. There you go. I thought I was reasonably calm and, and reasonably measured, unlike the other day when Matt's message hit the inbox here. Carlin, this is fascinating, Carlin. This is a situational-based question, Nigel. If you had a chance to create and host a sports-based TV show, what sort of content, content slash format would you go with and who would be your co-host slash regular panellists? Great question. I love NRL 360. I love the fact that even though they are with one of the host broadcasters in Fox Sport, they can go anywhere. They have got free licence to be able to obviously break the news, create opinions, talk to the players, get players having strong opinions, really strong opinions. I love that format. I think Icon is a very intelligent host. Paul Kent can be a little bit uh, prickly, grumpy, curmudgeonly. So too Buzz Rothfield, but it's always really stimulating. And I'd love to see that kind of content in New Zealand sport. And it doesn't have to be about rugby or league. I'd just like to see that kind of format 
with regards to all sport and get people in um, and have a good, strong, opinionated co-host, um, someone who is quite happy to sort of tackle people front on. Um, regular contributors and that sort of thing, gee, you know, you'd, you'd go out and you'd get your top journos. So who are your top sporting journalists at the moment? So I would look at the likes of a, a Liam Napier. I would look, even though I know she's doing a little bit more investigative work with stuff at the moment, I'd see if I could lure Dana Johansson back because I think Dana is a great a sports journalist, brilliant sports journalist. So you would look at using those sort of people in their specialist fields. You know, when the breakers are playing, I'd be looking at the likes of a, a Chris Reeve or a uh, Mark Hinton. Utilise the journalistic talent that we have here in New Zealand. You know, have a regular spot. You know, with with you know some of the real doyens of our of our business. I'd, I'd have Susan McFadden on any day of the week. In fact, I'd love Susan could even be the host. She would be superb. Okay, so that's what I would like. It's sort of a, I guess an NRL three sixty type show where nothing is off limits. You are entitled to put forward an opinion. You get the people in. You get players in. You get them asking the big questions and have they having the freedom to actually answer the questions, not sort of being hamstrung or have, you know, the the governing body looming over them like we see it sometimes. That's what I would really like to see. Um, and in 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 addition to that, have a portal for, for you guys to be able to fire questions in. Have an actual opportunity to write put people up in a waiting room on zoom you get your question bang and it comes firing to a panel do that every once in a while you know i'd love to see i'd love to see that kind of show monday wednesday friday i think that would be really cool other option carlin that i'd love to see is i would just really like to see some really good hard strong post-match shows with regards to all of the sports now i think sky's getting a little bit better with this they're really improving i think they're doing some good work i'd, I'd would just like some of the things to be just a little bit more robust. Um, across the board, haven't seen enough of Spark to comment on them, but it's the robustness. I don't think there is anything wrong with commenting um, with passion and accuracy. So John Kerwin's comments, whether you agree with them or not, I thought that was great to see on the breakdown the other night. I thought that was really good. He was frank, he was honest, he was articulate, and I like that. And that's what we need more of in New Zealand sport and New Zealand sporting media. We do need each other. Journalists need athletes. Athletes need journalists. Administrators need us all. It's all that we need the fans. You are the most important part. I've said this before, okay? Two most important groups in sport, athletes and fans. And we've got to connect and we've got to give you folks what you need. And I think there is a real way to do that. I think there's a real way to do that, Carlin. I hope that was all right off the top of my head for you. I should have researched that one a bit better. I do apologise. From Zippy. Uh, didn't actually watch any Super Rugby this weekend. She was tending to the veggie patch, which apparently is like a newborn baby. Um, she's not surprised that the Crusaders got touched back to earth in a seemingly controversial week for the Highlanders. Personally, they should drop their six players. Permanently. They'd have a competitive side. Thoughts... I don't think they will do that. Yep, they. these guys have messed up. Okay. Um, I think you've got to give them uh, the opportunity. And Tony Brown said, look, if, if you think these guys are waltzing back into the Highlanders' side, do you genuinely think Michele Marino Tu'u is just wandering, stra- Marino Michele Tu'u, excuse me, is wandering straight back into the starting lineup at number eight ahead of Kazuki Himeno? No chance. No chance. He's going to have to bust it to get back in front of that Japanese international who has been great off the bench and then starting against the Crusaders. Think he's just going to amble straight back in? Don't think so. Joshuaani? Mitch Hunt was great at 10. Connor Garden Bashett was, was pretty good at 15, even though he missed a cup, fell off a couple of too many tackles for my mind. He was really good. You think Josh is just going to walk back in there? You know, that team has just knocked over the Crusaders. Smashed them. None of those six are just walking straight back in. Well, Leonard Brown's obviously got the, the busted arm. But none of those, none of the, the, the five who are fit, and they're not just waltzing straight back in. They're not. 
In fact, Tony Brown, who I think has been guilty of playing a little bit too much with his lineup and changing things around a little bit too much, he's just got to roll that team out again. Let him go. Let him go against the Chiefs. Do exactly the same thing. Okay, any changes, I think, unless there's injury, and obviously there is going to be injury because Fakatava is out, which is a real shame. But, you know, you can bring in Aaron Smith, Hamilton. That's still not a bad one, too. Hamilton, I think, will be absolutely pumped and amping to get stuck into it. Those six, no, they've got to work. Make them work. Okay? You've got to have consequences, even though, as I said last week, I thought the way the Highlanders handled that particular situation was just the most awful form of ignorant PR that I could ever see, trying to sweep things under, sending out a video of the media session and not actually having those questions in there. You know, I didn't think they handled it very, very well. Of course, they win, so they're probably sitting there going, no, no, we've handled it the right way. They didn't. But the simple fact is, is right now, those, those five players who are available to come in, no, good luck trying to get back in. Okay, so, no, if I'm Tony Brown, I'd, I'd, you don't owe them anything, in my opinion. Great question, and she adds it the way too. Trans-Tasman bubble open. Can't wait to get Super Rugby Aotearoa game and on Anzac Day is what she's hoping. Thank you very much, Zibi. Hope you're well. Um, send some veggies. Just no cause yet, so I don't like them. DG, thoughts on Atlanta losing the Major League All-Star game due to the voting laws in Georgia? Well, I've got no issue with it because, and, and I don't like to get too political on this particular show, New Zealand politics, let alone international politics, but having had a look at some of those laws that Atlanta are bringing in, they're just... How could that have even passed in this day and age? Oh, that's right, it's America. Um, so no, i got no problems with them moving it at all. And what we have seen is that athletes have got the power, particularly in the United States, to have some real influence on social change. Now I say that, and you know things that we saw... Um, you know, the likes of the Muhammad Ali and well, it was Lou Alcindor and now Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Jim Brown, all these guys fight, but they're still doing it. You know, John Carlos, uh, um, uh, Tommy Smith, John Carlos, all these things that they, they fight, they're still fighting for it in this day and age. But they have got power, and I think, particularly with the likes of in basketball in particular, they have got a real social voice, and, and I think this is great that MLB have said, you know what, we, we've got this too, so I've got no problem with that decision good on them, more power to them Thoughts on the ref from the Blues and Canes game on Saturday Look, each week we seem to be questioning the referees um, I just thought it was a really bad game of rugby actually um, it, it never got too much flow, I didn't think the penalties that were given were unjustified. I thought, fair enough. No issues with Pickerel um, in terms of the yellow card for Artie Savia. As I understood the law, he had to go. Because he had the player, as soon as that knee hits the ground, he's got to, got to release and get out of there, is the way I understand it. And he didn't. So that was the right decision. And if you pull that down so close to the line... If you have an illegal act which stops the scoring of a try, it is a penalty try, and it's a sanction for the the player who had uh, the illegal act. So, didn't have a problem with that, didn't have a problem with Duplessis Karefi. I didn't think it was a great game, not much to write home about. Maybe it was tough, given what we saw the night before in Christchurch. But, you know, we're, we're, we're getting really quite super critical again of our referees. And DG, you know what I come back to. Simplify the rule book, make it easier for the officials to officiate the game. That is what we need to do for the game of rugby. Too many rules, too many pitches that they have to see. Simplify it, make it easier for the refs, because that makes it easier for the players, because they've got so much more clarity. And then it's easier for us as fans, because we know what we're looking at too. Not having to know these really quite nuanced rules um, this real finery just try and simplify things I'd really appreciate that and I'm, I'm going to keep banging on about that until it actually happens okay so if people you're sitting oh no it's not again no we'll just deal with it until it happens I'm going to keep saying it because that is how you improve the game of rugby Daniel who's your pick for the Masters Golf Tournament Ooh, this is another thing I speak about with Guy, because I actually got Guy on to do a bit of a Masters preview. So when we, when the Nigerian podcast drops, as I say, hopefully that'll be tomorrow. Um, so I've got Guy on talking 
golf. He also does some cricket. And I'm going to be chatting with my man Brad Lewis, and we're going to do a WrestleMania preview. Love WrestleMania. WrestleMania 37. We're going to do a WrestleMania preview. Uh, as the second half of the podcast. So so just listen out for that over the next coming days. So who am I? I'm going to give you my picks. I won't let you know who Guy did. You've got to listen to the other pod for that there. So I'm going I'm going to go Tony Finau to win it. I'm going Tony Finau. I think that'd be kind of cool. I think he was part of Tiger's final group when Tiger won his last Masters. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Tony Finau to win it. And the other one that I'm thinking, I think I've got a dollar or two left in my TRB account. Patrick Hovland? I keep seeing his name. I've, I've watched him play. He just seems like a really good golfer. So I might sneak him in for either a top 10 or a top 5. But Tony Finau for me. I'm going Tony Finau. Um, if, DJ, if DJ's on, he's going to be tough to beat. But I'm, I'm going Finau. I'm going to go Finau to win it. So thank you very much for that. Motor racing. Geez, we really are bouncing around, aren't we? This is just brilliant. Loving this. Absolutely loving this. Righty-ho. Um, Adam, I've got an SVG question. However, I'm going to hold it for another month, or uh, at least the commentator's curse comes down too early in the season. I am going to ask where he ranks on your list of tough performances, racing and winning with broken collarbone and ribs. Clearly not Buckshelf at Torn Scrotum League or Mel Meninga's broken arm, but is in your top 10. I, I actually did get asked this, Adam, a few weeks ago. Look, um, look I, I admire what he did because those machines always look like such a handful. Okay, so, yep, um, doing what he did was very, very impressive. But I am not the person to speak about this because playing with a, you know, torn nutsack or playing with a broken arm or breaking your arm and then continuing to play, to me that's not bright, not in sport. Okay, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're out in the wild and you break your arm and you've got to do that sort of stuff to survive, fine, but, but not in sport. Um, so, in terms of it, yep, I'm sure. Even though he had pain-killing injections, I know he, I know he would have had to have gritted it out. But the fact remains is that as soon as you take a pain-killing injection, for me, that's a performance-enhancing substance. So it just, yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask that because I just don't like seeing people playing with broken arms or broken limbs or this, that and the other or having pain-killing injections in particular. I, that I despise with people, oh, he's had three needles. Well, that's a performance enhancement. So, um, but yeah, look, ain't questioning his toughness, okay? More power to him. To, to even do it with pain-killing injections, yeah, sure, but I'm sure that improved his ability to be able to drive. So, Adam, yeah, pretty tough. I'm not going to give you a, a top 10 or a top 20 because... I just think doing that sort of stuff, I just don't think you need to do it. Not in sport. Not in sport. Not for me anyway. Uh, from Dean. This is a bit of a rant. Settle in. Here we go. Been watching a lot of NRL and it's leaving rugby for dust. It always does early in the season, Dino. We know this. It's bigger, better, more entertaining than Super Rugby and a better product for consumers. Because it is so simple to understand. Coming back to my theory about rugby. Simplify the rule book. Rugby League's a great example of that. I can't understand why anyone would watch Super Rugby Australia over it, and to be honest, it looks like no one based on crowd side. League is a glamour sport. It is an Oz. That, 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 no doubting that, Dean. And if the NRL were to put a team in Wellington and one in the South Island, they would really give New Zealand rugby a fright. I'm not sure about that. I would have to see it to believe it. Um... Because they put a team in New Zealand's biggest population base. And yep, they've got loyal fans, but I really don't know. See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, Dean, I'm one of these people. I think the two sports can coexist. I would love to see what you're suggesting. I think the two sports can coexist. I hate the league union argument. I think it's divisive. I think there are so many things that, that league do well that rugby should look at. And I think there are things that rugby do that league should look at in terms of the, the way they go about their games. Anyway, I'll continue reading. It makes me concerned for the future of rugby. I've got no, no issues with that. That's, that's pretty fair. That they seem to be running without any direction, and the old boys club is just thinking of every, everything will be all right. They've indicated that Super Rugby will be conference-based in New Zealand, Australia, potentially Japanese top league. They're adding some random Pacific Island teams and sniffing around the US with no apparent strategy. There also seems to be no way forward with the MPC. 
Seems like a defining moment for the future of New Zealand rugby. Have you got any inkling what they intend to do after this year with the NPC? I've heard a north-south division concept, but this just seems like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic for me. I'd heard north-south, but I thought that was very much with regards to um, cost-saving co- post-COVID. I haven't heard much anything else aside from the fact that obviously Bunnings come on and they're calling it the MPC again. Look, Dean, you, you raise some good points. You always do when you contribute to the page. Okay, so I, and I really appreciate that. I always do. Yeah, look, early in the season, it's always a case that we look at the NRL and go, wow, it's great. It looks brilliant. It comes in after Super Rugby has started, and it is, and it's slickly presented. Um, but it, to me, as I say, it's a much simpler game. And it, it really is a game that I think is really good for TV. I remember going and watching the Warriors and, you know, the, the action is easy to follow from a TV point of view. And actually, when you're in the in the stands, sometimes, depending on the game, you know, it, to me, it, it's, it's, it's all centred in that one spot and then it starts to get spun a little bit wider. Rugby, I guess, at least has the opportunity if they want to go a bit wide, wide, they, they do it. You know, they're not restricted by six tackles or that sort of a thing. Um, but I, I, I really, I, at this time, it's always the case. I'm loving the NRL because obviously Parramatta are like 4-0. and um, And I understand why people do say that. What always seems to happen is people say it at this time, Dean, and then later on, as soon as they come to the finals, you have two or three good finals games, and all of a sudden, oh, Super Rugby's great. Oh, it's better than the NRL. As I say, I think both games are both games, the NRL is good, Rugby League is good. I think Rugby League has still got some issues that they need to sort out, but I think in terms of the simplicity, the rules, it's easy to understand, um, barring the bunker. We love the bunker. So I, I come back, and this is what I come back to with rugby, if rugby could simplify things down, not have so many convoluted rules, I think that's going to be good for the game. I think you watch a game of Rugby League, you understand it, yeah, you do get frustrated, um, because things are happening a lot quicker. They're happening quicker in all sports because these athletes are so bigger, faster, stronger. Um, but I, I think, you know, if they went with a team in Wellington or in Christchurch, could it, I don't know if it would give New Zealand rugby a fright unless they really, really went well. And that's been the biggest problem for the Warriors is that in terms of the, they've got to win games. And they've been, I think New Zealand rugby has been very fortunate that the Warriors... Haven't really got on a roll, but there was a few seasons back where I think they won six of their first eight. Um, and crowd numbers for a Blues team, which wasn't going great at the moment, Warriors were getting more, but not by a whole bunch. So, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. I, I don't know, and, and I do, Dean, and I'll be honest with you, I get frustrated with the League v Union argument. I love both sports. I love both codes. I, I think both codes have got positive, both have got negative. Returning to the MPC, look, let's just... I don't think you need to go north-south at the moment, okay? Uh, Unless you've got provincial unions saying that we need to do it for financial reasons. Like, they were talking about splitting seven teams up north, seven teams down south. So I think you had Northland, Auckland, Harbour, Counties, Waikato, Bay of Plenty, Taranaki, and then you had the remaining teams south, similar to what they did for the Farah Palmer Cup last year. Um... I don't, I don't know if you need to do that. I think you can just roll if everything stays as it is at the moment and we can move around freely. Let's just get back to doing the NPC. Okay, the way it is. Do your Premier, do your Championship. Heck, I'll be quite honest. I just want to see 14 teams play each other once. I could handle that and I think that would be great. Okay, have the opportunity for... And make it so that the All Black squad are available for at least two rounds and that each team has a home game in those two rounds that the All Blacks are available. That would be kind of nice, because I just remember what happened the opening two weeks last year. That was great. Love that. So that's what I would like to see. Uh, just make it so that the All Blacks are part of the MPC. Um, likewise, the Farah Palmer Cup. Try and give that back to um, the divisions, because there was just too much of a golf with certain teams in the north and the south. And please, 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 can I have my beloved Heartland Championship back too, Dean? That would be absolutely awesome as well. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it as always. Keep sending the stuff through. I appreciate it. From Graham, uh, glad to see the Crusaders getting pinged for constant infringing at the breakdown and offside line. 
not really a crisp question, Graham, but there you go. We got your, you got your statement in there, so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Alex, Nigel, one, did Israel Dag honestly put 100000 on the Crusaders at $1.07? Don't know. More power to him if he did. Question two, how awesome is it going to see NPC Rugby back at Pukikura Park, even if it's only for one game? It's going to be great. Heaven's Cricket Club, as it is also known. Um, just a wonderful venue with the natural terracing. I think that's going to be superb. I know there was a bit of back and forth uh, on the page with regards to this. I love it. I, I still think, you know, with the MPC, that, that's one thing they should do. Get out of some of those big stadiums and take these things around. I want to see why I've been, again, one another thing I've been banging away for ages. I want to see Waikato play an MPC game at Campbell Park in Morrinsville. I want to see them out at Memorial Park in Cambridge. Take it down to the sports domain in Tokoroa, out to Albert Park in Tiawamutu. Get in and do that. I think that would be really good. Um, so I love it. I think that's going to be great, Alex. Absolutely great. Number three. This is a bit longer. I was listening to Darcy. That'll be Darcy Watergrave on Newstalk ZB. While wrapping up the cricket season, a number of callers were still angry about cricket moving to Spark Sport. Now, in 2019, I was in the Grumpy Brigade when Spark jumped onto the NZ Pay TV bandwagon and forced the hand of sports lovers to invest in both Spark Sport and Sky Sport if they wanted their sporting fix. Having moved to the UK, start of 2020, have a listen to this. And, and this has always been my argument as well when it comes to people who complained about Sky and then obviously Sky coming, uh, Spark coming into the market. I think this is really good. For rugby and NRL alone, Alex has to, A, Sky Sports for the Lions series and NRL, BT for English Premier and European Rugby, Premier Sports for Pro 14, Amazon Prime app for the last season's Autumn Nations Cup and future Autumn's Tests, Rugby Pass for Super Rugby. That doesn't include the television licence, which is also needed for BBC Six Nations games, etc., etc. Moral of the story is be happy. It's just two at the moment. It could be a lot, lot worse. And he's just mentioned those. Imagine if you're a football fan up there. It really is. I remember having this conversation with a friend of mine when I was up in the UK on one of the interviews tours, and he was telling me about what you have to do just to watch football and all the pay TV providers that you have to give coin to. We are quite lucky. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And I always say... Sky has always given actually a really good service, and I've always actually, st I still maintain it's really, really good value for money. I've seen the sports that Spark has got, I think they're really good value for money as well. Heck, for F1 and MotoGP alone, giddy up. I'm all there for that. Then you throw in the cricket too. Yeah, Alex raises a really, really good point. And then Alex came in, chimed in very late in the piece as well. Uh, Nigel, can you shed any light on the Auckland Provincial Rugby fallout? Just seen it on the Herald website. However, sorry, dropped my pen. Here we go. Uh, don't have the premium pass to read about the article. Okay, look, but basically what it comes down to is there was a, um, a review into Auckland. There's been some feedback from senior blues management. That is what's allegedly led to the resignation of Philo Tiati as the assistant coach, and there's also the possibility of quite an exodus of all blacks from the province. So... Uh, Herald Report, Liam Napier. Again, Carl and I have Liam on the show. This is what I mean. This guy just breaks stories. Okay, like they are plates at a Greek wedding. So the Auckland squad, several All Blacks, including Hoskins Satutu and Offutu Unafasi, approaching rival unions. Fellow All Blacks, Caleb Clark, Akira Ioani, um, and also flanker Blake Gibson. He's not an All Black. Uh, understood to be, amongst others, weighing up their options. A review and, l and later feedback from Blues Chief Executive Andrew Hoare is believed to have conveyed fractured relationships between some players and coaches and the need for better communication channels in, quote, those last two uh, things I said were quotations from uh, the story. So there you go. So that's what that is. So uh, a little bit of uh, disharmony up there in the city of Sales. That is the main thrust of that particular story. Um, and when you've got All Blacks saying, oh, they want to move provincial unions, you might go, well, they don't play for the provincial unions. But as I say, if I have my way, they're going to get released for at least two rounds. It'll be kind of cool. So there you go. There you go, Alex. Thank you very much, my man. Hope all is well up there. Righty-ho. That is it uh, from the uh, pages. Thanks to everyone for sending in. I love the wide variety as well. That's really cool. I'm just going to have some coffee. Oh, cool. Just gone instant today.
just nothing nothing wrong. There's some really good instant coffees out there, okay? It'd be nice to have the plunger and the beans and that sort of thing, but there's some good instants going around. Let's roll through. Let's see what we got. Uh, Geo James, evening team. Ross, good coffee, like that. And sounding crystal clear. Thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Barry. Love the old... Like that. You know, it's, it's just nice and relaxed. You know, and I just, I just feel really good when I wear these shirts. They're fun shirts. Um, what brand do you drink at this time? And I just drink coffee. I'm not a, I'm, I don't have a brand or anything. I think that one there, I think it was just one of the co um, Countdown Sustainable coffees that they've been pushing. I thought it was quite good value. Tastes all right. Goes well. Uh, thank you, Barry, for the uh, shirt love, by the way. What on earth is going on? Well, you, I just said there, <laughs> Andrew, it sounds like there, there's trouble at mill, as Darcy would say. But yeah, discontent. Discontent. And uh, fractured relationships, better communication channels, quote. Uh, James, did you notice that Scotty McLaughlin won the third IndyCar online race because of COVID? He's getting a, a lot of good reputation amongst the United States commentators. I'm not surprised. He's, he's very talented. Uh, got really good backing. So you're yeah, not surprised uh, at that at all. Um, I think he's going to go good. I noticed there a few uh, videos that he posted up on. It was either his Instagram or Twitter of him sort of at the brickyard. So he's a, he's a really he's a really nice young man. Comes from a good family. I was lucky enough to get to know the McLaughlins. Scott's father, Wayne, got me involved in the Hamilton Kart Club when they were relaunching it. They'd upgraded the track to AAA status and... They had a bit of a, an issue with regards to sponsorship and getting airtime. They had a big opening planned, and they had Greg Murphy. Wayne came to me. I was a um, sponsorship coordinator for the radio station at the time. We, we worked a th few things out. I ended up going out and commentating out there. That's one of the places where I was really cut my teeth as a, as a commentator. I was a car club commentator. Absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. Um, but they, they come from a really good family. Mum and dad, lovely human beings. Sister, a good human being. They're just a really good family understands how to work hard, uh, even though people are looking and go, oh, he's got this, he's got that. He still knows how to work. He really knows how to work and put the head down and grind. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised he's getting a good reputation, James. I'm really not. Uh, from Simeon, Sydney. Hey, my man, trust you're all well. Sad day, Tommy Radonigas passing. Yeah. I wonder in honour if someone's going to do a cattle dog call on the weekend. Um, look, Tommy Radonigas, just one of the great characters. Um, you know, so passionate. You know, obviously from a, a little bit of a bygone era with the way the game was played, but um, great character. Actually, it was quite good. I've, I've listened to a couple of interviews with Tommy. He, he, he knew the game. Okay, even though he sort of had that, you know, bit of a larrikin, bit of a bit of a hard man edge to him. He, he knew the game well, and it is a sad day for, for his passing. I see some great stories there. Kevin Walters with a great yarn about trying to get him to the Newtown Jets. So, yeah, very sad indeed, mate. Very sad indeed. Uh, Carlin, I was going to ask that as well. Really surprised. I haven't read the full article, but heard whispers last week from someone that is quite connected in the Auckland circles. Um, so there we go. Um, so, yep, there are a lot of things going on there. A lot of things going on there. You know, Liam, as I said, Liam Napier, one of the great sports junos going around, great, particularly with rugby, but with all sports, um, really well connected. So, you know, um, but yeah, we talk about, you know, the, uh, the the paying for for Sky and the paying for Spark. I'll tell you right now, you know, supporting the newspapers, supporting staff, New Zealand Herald, you know, I think that's worth it too because, again, you're supporting that, that premium journalism. It's something that we want, something that we really, really need. So, you know, I'd like to see that. Um, Shannon, in what round are the eels going to start choking? Not happening, Shannon. Ain't happening, brother. We're four and oh. Your boys are what? Two and two? Maybe. We're going good. We're going good. I'm just going to ask him that one for a moment. And we're good. Let's move on. Uh, from Seal. Great to have you with us here, Seal. Uh, Dalton Papali'i at seven for the All Blacks with Artie at eight or Luke Jacobson at eight with Artie at seven? Great question. So I would rather have Artie at seven 
Hoskins at eight. Six. Six, I still think, I still like a Akira in that environment. I think um, I like a Akira at six, Artie at seven, Hoskins at eight. Dalton on the bench at the moment, the way he is playing, can cover because you can still, you can manipulate and move with all of those. Um, so, you know, Artie can play, uh, sorry, Artie can play eight. Akira can play eight if needs be. Um, Dalton can play all three of the loose forward combinations. So too can Luke Jacobson at the moment. Excuse me. Just have a little bit of an ear scratch there. Um, it's a tough one because there is just so much talent there. Um, so I... Yeah, I, I like your option as well, don't get me wrong, um, because you can still interchange as well. But, I mean, I like Hoskins coming off the back at 8. I also like Artie coming off the back of a scrum at 8 too. I mean, I'd mix it up completely because Akira's no slug coming off the back either. So you could really have some fun with that particular combination. But I would like to see Artie in the 7 jersey. Hoskins at 8 and Akira at 6. Frizzell at 6. Um... I love the options we've got at six. Ethan Blackadder at six as well. Geo saying Big Red must be banging on the door for six. Not in my squad at the moment, Greg. He was better against the Hurricanes. Um, I thought he got back in and did what he got known for, which was getting in tight. Lots of good um, tackles. Present at a lot of rucks and malls. I thought that week prior against the Chiefs, he scored a great try, but he just seemed to be always out on the wing. I want to see Tom Robinson in at the cold face like he was. Um, but in terms of six at the moment, I, I think they've got some great options. Akira's last performance was really good against Argentina. Um, he's been off a little in the last couple of games, but I think he can I think he can bounce back. I think Ethan Blackhead is playing the house down. Love what that kid's doing. Massive motor. Shannon Frizzell's been very good. Um, and there you've got Tom Robinson, who you could throw in there. Or you could use a Papa Lee, or you could use a Jacobson. You've got, you've got options aplenty with regards to that. But for me, Seal, uh, I do like that combination. Papa Lee Savia uh, at seven. It, the, it's, it's, there's just so much. There is still a lot of talent. Even with Sam out, there is a lot of talent in that loose forward department. So lots of really good options for Fozzie and the crew. But Gio, again, got a feel for Fakatava being ruled out for the season after such a great mitre 10. Absolutely agree, Gio. And the other thing, too, is he was really, really um, showing what I wanted to see from him at Super Rugby, which was he went away after you know watching Aaron Smith a lot last year. And then he had that great mitre 10 cup season. He was superb. And he came back in, and I just saw some of the... Decision-making was better. He wasn't rushing. He wasn't being as impetuous, which was always a criticism I had of Falau. Um, pass, good. Still got some work to do with that department, but I still thought he was improving. Kicking was improving as well. But I liked his game management. I liked the way he was working in tandem with his first five-eights. I thought he was great for 50 minutes on Friday night, and then they handed it over to Aaron Smith, and he and Hunt closed it out. But I thought Falau... And, and Mitch ran the cutter really nicely. He was making such good strides. Uh, as I say, I still think he's still a bit rough around the edges, but I would have expected him probably to fill the number three spot with TJ overseas. So I would have, Aaron Smith, Brad Weber, I would have expected to have seen Falau Fakatava in the mix just so the All Black coaches can get their mitts on him. Um, so you're very disappointed there as well. Um... Let's have a look here. Uh, so Gio also thinks that um, uh, with regards to Seal's comments, Akira's recent transition to six has paid dividends. I think that's Akira's best position as well, by the way. Um, what about bringing back Sportscat from the park? Alice would be good for a laugh. Yet the trouble is, is I think when I think of the Sports Cafe and that kind of humour, I think we saw how that kind of humour um, in this day and age can go awry with what happened on Friday night. You, you need to be very straight up. You've got to be straight up and down. Because, you know, there are so many ways if people are offended, people will go. And, and rightfully so. I mean, I don't think Joey needs to do, do what he did on Friday night. And yep, he apologised and he owned it and that sort of a thing. Fine by all means. But the simple fact is, is you just don't go there. You really don't go there. 
Um, I go back to old Herm Edwards, you know, the don't press send. If you're thinking about saying it, you go, oh, could I get in trouble for this? Don't say it. Okay, you, you just got to be better in this day and age. And um, So I'm not really sure whether a sports cap would work in this in this this type of an era. So, idea. Could be proven wrong, though. Could be proven wrong. With the amount of casualties in Super Rugby Aotearoa, it must be really starting to test our stocks and key positions like halfback, 5'8", especially with the Trans-Tasman. Look, the um, in terms of halfback, yeah, all the talent is there, but they've got to take him. That's why I thought you know, Fakatava was such a good option. Look, they'll still have... So, all going well, Aaron Smith, Brad Weber, maybe Bryn, Bryn Hall gets an opportunity. He and Mitch Drummond went up and played that, you know, were part of that Japanese test, although I don't think Bryn played. They could be an option. Maybe Sam Knock comes into the equation as well. Maybe they take a real flyer on someone like a Xavier Rowe or a Luke Campbell. I've been impressed with Luke Campbell for the Hurricanes. I thought he's been good too, so... It's there, it's bubbling up. It's the same with the first five. The talent is there, but it's got to prove itself at this level to be able, at super rugby level, to make that next step up. Um, so, yeah, a little concern. A little bit of concern. Uh, Joe, I wonder what ever happened to uh, Graham Hill. So, um, Graham, I think, was, well, I know he was doing a show on Radio Live. Um, and still highly entertaining as always. Such an intelligent guy. So much fun uh, to broadcast or to listen to broadcast. Um, Geo again. Nigel, the Rugby V League is a thing of the past. I know Waipu and uh, Takahiwai have a yearly hit out. Half game of rugby, then half game of leave. Exactly quite cool. Spectable. And both clubs and coaches support each other. Yep, agreed. Absolutely. Love that. Really, really do like that. Um... Thank you, Josh. I'm glad you appreciate the shirts. Uh, Jason, evening nights, does Joe says. Last the season. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Who comes in? Who comes in? Who do we go get, Jason? Give me some names. Uh, I'm, I'm not a Jose fan. I've never been a Jose Mourinho fan. Uh, I still thought that they sh really should have tried to continue to work it through with Mauricio Pochettino. But, you know, short term, short term, Jose gets the results. They need to start looking now, though. I, I agree with that. Does he last the season? Probably. But I think the board will start looking. They should start looking. Um, you know, Daniel Levy wants to sort off as well. That'd be kind of nice too, Jason. Uh, Alex, cheers for that. Not a problem. Any time. wonder if the Auckland situation will affect RTS... Coming to Auckland's NPC team, probably not. Uh, but if you don't, Alex, uh, Northland will have them. I think there'll be a lot. Uh, from Hohepa, Stags are recruiting well. They should be good for the NPC later this year. Thoughts, yeah, I, I have liked what they have done. Built nicely, really nicely. I'd like, I'd like just to see a couple of, I'd like to see another couple of guys coming. Guy who I love, I, I joked about this. It wasn't really a joke. I, I still think it would be quite good. I'd like to see Damien McKenzie go back and play for Southland. I mean, he's, he's a diehard Southlander. I hear I'd love to see him rolling out for the Stags. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, I'd also really... I I think Damien McKenzie would be very interesting at the back of a Highlanders team, just quietly too. But uh, I'm not getting into that. I don't want to... That's just a, a, a personal thing where I'd love to see him go Highlanders and, and Stags. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, but I know the Chiefs here will be going, no, we are going to keep him. Pretty sure Damien's in the final year of his contract with the Chiefs too, so that could be an interesting one. But Ho Hipper, I'd like to see I'd like to see Damien McKenzie back down there at the back too. They are looking good. I thought they were really good. They were tough to break down last year in terms of defence. They need to expand that attacking game. So they've built their defence nicely. That's good. That's your base to work off from a Southland point of view. Now, can you expand the repertoire with ball in hand? create a few more scoring opportunities, score a few more points. And, and I think, yep, definitely you'd be in the mix if they went to a a premiership, uh, sorry, a championship. They should be, there in that situation, a top four contender in the championship. Um, and for them, if they are looking to steadily improve and improve, then obviously they need to get to a final. That That's where they are. But I like the way Southland has built Hall Hipper. From Brad, uh, Eels will choke when the Doggies win a game. 
Cheers, Steve. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Don't forget Lachlan Beauchere in the loose forward mix. Lockie won't be in the, the loose forward mix. So I've heard whispers that he's probably going to go over to Japan. So if you're leaving, if that is accurate, and Lachlan is heading towards Japan to one of the clubs up there, if you're departing, I, I don't think you're probably going to be in the mix. Depends, I guess, on the terms as well. Um, Boshi's got to play. I mean, we haven't seen him yet. He's coming back. The way I read the con- the conversations we had with Neil Barnes, I suspect Lockie will be on the bench this week. Um, so, which would be good. Um, but he has been out for a very, very long time with a foot injury. Um, so, got to get him in there too. Lachlan has got to do better ball. It's just got to be a better ball carrier. That's that's what the All Blacks have said they want to see. Funny, when I spoke to, well, not funny, when I spoke to Lachlan last year, was, you know, I, I don't intend to change my game too much. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But I'm not sure if Lachlan's going to be in the mix, Steve. I really don't. Here we go, Steve. Graham Hill does um, Nights on Magic Talk. There you go. Great broadcaster. Lovely fella. Bright as a button. And... Um, articulate, fun, knowledgeable, insightful, takes a stand, great broadcaster. Good human being, great broadcaster. Uh, Marty McKenzie with Alai Malo will be dangerous this year. Yeah, be an interesting combination. I don't, don't know what Solomon's done. I thought he might have got a chance. He's fallen down the, the pecking order a wee bit there. Alex saying, if I was, I'd chase Brendan Rogers if I was Daniel Levy. Which probably means it's not going to happen because Daniel Levy doesn't do that sort of bright stuff. He goes and gets Jose Mourinho instead. That's one thing that's hot that, you know, I hold, you know, we see coaches and managers go, but Chairman's still there. Uh, Daniel's still riding roughshod. He's, you know, where's the ownership there? It's like that New South Wales rugby decision that we spoke about last week. Where's the ownership from the board? You know, putting all these people in place. Joe Douglas. You see it in American sports as a GM. If you don't deliver, you're gone. Okay? Owner's got you. You're out. Okay? Joe Douglas with my Jets. He's, he's in a position now where if he don't get it right, he's gone. It's as simple as that. Brendan Rodgers has been very good, Alex. You are quite right. And, yeah, I think he would be a really, really good fit. Wouldn't have an issue with him coming to White Hart Lane. Um, it'll be interesting to see just what happens, though, with Jose. Uh, it, it, he's an interesting character. Uh, not my cup of tea, never will be my cup of tea. I still don't really like the fact that he's coaching my team, but because it is my team, you do your best to try and support and try and be positive, but at times it's very hard. Just look at the teams I support, people. Okay? Right, New York Jets, <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur, Philadelphia Flyers, Texas Rangers. There's a lot of self-flagellation. That goes on in the olden household when it comes to sport. Thank goodness my Utah Jazz are delivering. And God bless Wanganui Rugby. That's all I can say. We have got uh, a time. Jeez, we're almost at an hour. This thing keeps getting longer and longer and longer. Um, and my coffee keeps getting colder and colder and colder. So if you do have any other questions, flick them into the comments right now and I'll answer them before we shut it down for the night. One thing I do want to remind you folks as well. Uh, in addition to Wednesday Night with Nige, which you'll be able to listen to as a podcast once this broadcast is done. I'll get it up as a podcast. Tomorrow, hopefully late morning, mid to late morning, if not early afternoon. In addition to the Nigel Yeldon podcast, Guy Havel, I've already spoken to Guy from One News. We're talking, uh, got him on to talk golf, but we talked a little bit of cricket as well. And I'm going to be talking with my man Brad Lewis. Um, we are going to be previewing WrestleMania 37. I love some wrestling. Um, Brad has a, a co-host, a podcast, and it's called The Fight Club. Um, hope I've got that right. You'll hear it on the podcast tomorrow. I'll have the right title. Pretty sure it's The Fight Club. We're going to be talking WrestleMania 37, going through the card, and we are also going to be doing as well our five favorite WrestleMania matches as well. So that's something. That's, I, I, I love professional wrestling. It's just It's a bit of a hoot. Um, so that'll be something we're doing. So there you go. So you, on the podcast, you're going to have some golf, you're going to have some cricket, and then we're going to have some professional wrestling. Looking forward to that. Uh, Leon has come in. Nets, a uh, bit of basketball like this. Nets seemed like they were building something with the initial recruitment of Kyrie and KD. 
Now do you think it's just try and buy a title now with all the latest additions? I also don't think they will be able to do it. I loved the comment of Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin was asked about, you know, he and Aldridge and that coming to the team. And Blake Griffin's reply was classic. He said, for the last two years, I've had everybody saying that I'm not the player I used to be and um, I'm of absolutely no value. Now, apparently, I'm an all-star again. And it's it's a really honest and really accurate thing because I've been reading the same thing. Blake Griffin is not the player he used to. Numbers down, minutes down, not having the same impact. And they sign him, it's kind of like, oh, wow, look at all this. I'm like, well, how many minutes is he realistically going to get per game? But the time with the second unit, maybe be sort of an impact player. Maybe he's still got a bit of hops. Can he give you like a real explosive dunk, like a real crowd lifter, that sort of thing? Aldridge might be able to give you some minutes uh, as well, but, you know, his defense is pretty shoddy. Um. I don't like the... I agree with the, the... I don't know if it's buying a title because I think what what Sean Marks actually put together with getting the Kyrie-KD thing done was actually really good general managership. Okay, then you've got Harden forcing his way out. They did this big trade. They gave up a lot of parts. I, I still don't believe they should have given up Josh Allen. I think that was poor. Um, so I think... If they get those three guys back with the supporting cast, the, the guy who's not getting any love is Joe Harris. Okay, I, 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 Joe Harris, I think, has been really good for that particular group. Okay, I really rate him, Leon. I really do. I like what Joe Harris does. But, you know, it's going to be a case of, you know, with those three guys on the field, uh, on the court, they're going to be tough to roll. Um, I really hope... I would like to see Philly in the Nets, and I'd like to see Philly go, particularly if they can get Embiid back. I think that would be interesting. But, yeah, man, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, oh, I'm with you. I, I I don't know if I don't. I think they can do it. I just don't know, Leon, if I want them to do it, mate. I really don't. Uh, Gio, any other sports-related podcasts, obviously, apart from your own that you're a fan of or you would recommend... Uh, I've heard What a Lad by James Marshall is rather good. What a Lad is very good. The Great Cricket is a great podcast, uh, if you like that sort of a thing. I I, I do like listening to uh, some of the Bill Simmons podcasts. I've been listening recently to First Draft, leading into the NFL Draft, which is Field Yates, um, uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. Todd, 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 Todd. I've been enjoying that. That's been quite interesting. I mean, the degree of knowledge those guys go to and what they do is quite quite extraordinary. So I've enjoyed those as podcasts, but those are very specific. Masked Man as well, which is another one out of that Ringer Network too with David Schumacher on wrestling is, is a very, very good one. Um, so yeah, those are the ones. I, I'll be honest with you, Gio, I, I listen to a lot of movie podcasts. Uh, I really enjoy that and listening to people who are uh, artistic, creative. I love listening to people when they talk about the creative process and how they build a script for a movie or how they build a movie or how they go about writing a song, um, even listening to people, how they formulate pieces of art that they are painting or creating or sculpting. I listen to a bit of that stuff. I don't listen to a whole bucket load of sporting podcasts, apart from sort of those few that I've mentioned. And even the likes of Bill Simmons, it's a case of I'll look and see what he's talking. It's like, eh, don't want any of that. So it's very much specific to the mood. I'll, I'll bounce around little bits and bobs and that sort of thing here and there. But the ones that you hear, What a Lad is good. Bloke in a Bar is great as well, uh, if you haven't listened to that one. Great Cricket are very good. The Rugby Pod, um, my old mate Andy Rowe does a great job uh, with regards to that there. Andy's got his own podcast too, which is started up. That's, that's not too shabby either. Um, don't mind the uh, Rugby Aotearoa podcast with uh, Ross Carl. Uh, Jip of the Skipper, James Parson and Bryn Hall. That's quite a good one too. So there's plenty of good stuff bouncing around. Just experiment, okay? Podcasters like anything, you will know pretty much instantaneously whether you like it or whether you don't. Give things a try, have a look, see what they're talking about. Um, Just punch in some names. Just honestly, punch in some names of people who you'd like to listen to and just see what comes up. Peter Crouch, the Peter Crouch podcast is a cracker as well. He's hilarious, PC. He's absolutely great. Right, well, that's it. I've got no more questions. Done and dusted. Uh, oh, Butcher Boy's got a tough draw. No, they don't, Ernie. 
We're the butcher boys, buddy. Ain't tough for us. It's tough for everyone else playing us. Just remember that. All day, every day. Butcher boy for life. Oh, that we're going to call it tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for all of your questions, uh, be it via the Facebook page at Nigel Yolden Sports, uh, facebook.com forward slash Nigel Yolden Sports. If you sent them in earlier in the week, thank you so much for that. If you put them into the comment section, thank you very much for that. A reminder, listen out. The Nigel Yolden podcast is going to be dropping either tomorrow, mid-tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. We're talking golf and cricket with Guy Havelt. WrestleMania 37 preview with my man B-Rad, Brad Lewis. Cannot wait to bring you that. Thank you very much for your time, your company. This has been Wednesday Night with Nige. No, oh, I forgot, just about forgot as I'm doing my big rap. There will not be a Wednesday Night with Nige next Wednesday. Okay, um, I've got some work on. Uh, I'm going to be down. I'm going to be involved with the broadcast of the Super Rugby Aotearoa Under-20s Tournament in Topol. Sky Sport have got me involved with that, so I'm looking forward to, to doing that. So I won't be in a position to broadcast live next Wednesday, um, but I'll probably still put a post up maybe on the Monday. I might just do just like a mailbag version of the Nigeon podcast. So there'll still be that opportunity, but we won't be able to have the interaction like we're having here at the moment. Okay, so I thought I'd better warn you. No Wednesday night with Nige next week. Um, hopefully we will do something the following week, although I know that's starting to creep into the school holidays, and that's always a big question mark as well in this particular household. So we'll just have to wait and see. Thanks for your company. Appreciate the questions either via the Facebook page or via the comments. Listen for that Nigel Yon podcast talking golf, cricket and wrestling dropping at some stage either mid-tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. Thank you for your time. This has been Wednesday Night with Nigel. Catch you again real soon.